0: This week's Devil in Detail podcast, I'm Rob Paxson and we're here talking all things Salford Red Devils. Join the show this week, as ever, we have Paul Whiteside, right Paul? Hey Rob, you okay? How's your week been, mate? Yeah, good, good. Busy, as
1: usual. Um, Me Rugby League, it's strange, isn't it? You know, Tuesday night, fixture at Salford. I can't remember the last time I went to a Tuesday night game. Well, I can actually. I remember playing old car away a few years ago on a Tuesday night, but it's very rare, isn't it? Uh, so that was good. And... Uh, Big semi-final this weekend. That's all I'm thinking about at the moment. Busy at work, but uh, the semi-finals on my mind now. It has been for a couple of days.
0: Yeah, when the when the midweek games start to start to come in, Paul, it throws you throws you that, doesn't it? Because you you've got to yeah. kind of fix your, you know fit your life round watching a match on the telly.
1: Yeah, that's it. So um, I suppose it's going to be a bit like that now. Isn't it Trying to fit all the fixtures in, you know, between now and um, the end of the season. It's I can see why that percentage thing was brought in, you know, just in case you know any games sort of get postponed and that now because there's still quite a lot of games to be played, isn't there? But uh, but yeah, they've, they've been good. I think the, the games, you know, our game was last night was a decent game, but I think the Wigan and Saints game was a bit of a, a one-sided affair, wasn't it? With Wigan resting quite a lot of players and uh, Saints won that quite comfortably, but. Oh, our game was was good. I enjoyed it. I really did. I thought we showed a lot of character there, you know, to come back from 18 points to nil down, and uh, yeah, another two points and three wins on the spin. You, you can't argue with that.
0: Yep, yeah, great stuff. Like you say, that you know the playoffs are going to be. I think maybe a bit too far away from us, but as long as we can finish, you know, as far as we can up the league and and obviously get to a, a challenge cup final, that'd be a that'd be a pretty amazing season, wouldn't it?
1: Of course it would. Yeah, I mean, you'd have to do the maths on the league. It all depends on sides above you, I suppose, losing loads of games. because they lose, their percentage will come down. If we keep winning, our percentage will go up. So um, we did the maths the other week. I think you said about 60%, something like we could get. But I don't think you've got to look at that. I think you've just got to keep winning matches, haven't you? And, uh, you know, we've done done the business on Tuesday night. And the the main benefit of, of, of um, the Tuesday night game was that we rested a lot of players as well. Um, so they're hopefully they're going to be fresh for for Saturday. So you've not risked them getting injured. So everyone's a winner. You know, you get a win on on, on Saturday in the, in the cup. You know, two wins against Warrington would be outstanding. So, yep, keep taking each game as it comes, and, and let's just see where we end up.
0: Yep. So we've got a look, looking back at the uh, the win against Warrington. We're all the big news coming out of the club this week, and then we'll preview the uh, the semi final on on Saturday, which is going to be, you know very nervous. Well, I'm I'm looking forward to it. It's nervous, obviously. Semi finals. It's We've been in been in a couple, haven't we? Recently, to walk from, you know that experience will tell. Yeah, well, they don't come around very often.
1: I mean, I did my, my preview this week and just just looking at Warrington's record in semi-finals, they've been in absolutely loads. I should have totted them up. I think there's about fifty semi-finals or something like it compared to our couple that we've got. Our half a dozen that we've been in, or so so they are um, very well. What's the word I'm looking for? Very, um, very used to, for, for want of a better word, uh, playing in these big cup games, aren't they? They've uh, they've been in a lot of uh, semi-finals. They played at Wembley quite a lot of times since the you know the new Wembley was was built. They've been there on a number of occasions, so they're used to these big semi-finals. And uh, I'm just hoping that you know we, we played in a grand final last year, and I'm hoping that big game experience from us is going to stand us in good stead. But you know, Warrington have, have, have had an abundance of these matches, haven't they?
0: Yeah, I think they're they're drilled in it, aren't they? But you know, we. We're new to it, but we're still can not not particularly sort of drilled in it. So we will, we're will we still going to be able to, you know, feed on that excitement, I think, a bit more than Warrington. Because, like you said, if Warrington have been in a few semis, wow. he might sort of, you know, take the foot off the gas a little bit. You never know.
1: Well, yeah, I think you can look at the, the, the coin both sides, can't you? I mean, Salford should be approaching this game with a lot more hunger than Warrington. I mean, players are professional, aren't they? The, you would hope they would do the best in all the games but with Warrington having won it last season and, and you know they've been there they've done it they've 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 reached that goal haven't they where a lot of the solver players haven't won a Challenge Cup and they've probably not played at Wembley either I don't know one or two of them have but you know some of them haven't so that's going to drive them on I know there's not going to be a crowd there at Wembley this year but I've spoken to a few people in the week who, who sort of disagreed with me, really, and said, oh, well, it should be moved to the Challenge Cup to Edinley or wherever, but I think that's wrong. I think players deserve to, to have that day at Wembley, you know, there's there's players in our squad who've who played a long time and not played at Wembley, and this could be the only chance they get, I mean, whether it's in front of a crowd or not, it's still a proud day to walk out at Wembley and, and play in a Challenge Cup final, whether there's... 80,000 there or nobody there so that's the way I look at it anyway and I hope we've got that hunger and that win-at-all-cost mentality on Saturday because we had, we definitely had it against Catalan Dragons didn't we in the quarter so uh, uh, I think we'll have it on Saturday in the semi
0: Yeah, it's, it's a show Peter Cage not it Paul and you know like I said if even though there won't be any fans there you're still people are going to, players are still going to remember their, their, you know Day out in the in at Wembley and and, and playing it you know in the cup final. I remember I scored two goals in a cup final when I was at school, and I still talk about it now like I was, you know, the best player on the pitch. One three one, uh, should have a hat trick really, but dive, diving in the last minute just skimmed off the top of me. I just wasn't tall enough. I was about half an inch taller. I'd had a have met him before, and it would have been three one. I'd have I'd have, I'd have scored a hat trick in, the, in the final, but it wasn't meant to be. We still won, but never mind. One of them things. Well,
1: that's it, but you, but you remember things, don't you? And like I think if I was a player going to the, the final this Saturday, I, I'd want to win it for the supporters who, who can't be there and your name would go down history, wouldn't it? You know, you win a Challenge Cup final with but you're gonna be remembered forever, aren't you? And I think you win a challenge cup with anybody. You know, it's it's a special special thing, isn't it? So I don't I think the the players will probably have that on their mind about there being an empty stadium at the final, but I don't know. It's still a really prestigious trophy. It's going to live on the telly. Millions of people will be watching it and uh, they'll want to go there and play well. But we've got a massive semi-final to, to get through first before we can even think about that. So, uh, you know, let's let's have it right. Well, we'll probably talk about Warrington in the preview afterwards, but they've got some special players. They're the cup holders. And apart from us beating them on, on Tuesday night, they were, they were beating about eight games. So they're the farm side out in the country. So they're, they're going to take some beating.
0: They yeah. are. They are, Paul, but we beat we beat them on uh, on Tuesday, and we'll talk about that now. You're listening to Devil in the Detail, and this is your Big Match Review. So, uh, Salford were victorious in the trash rehearsal against uh, Warrington at the AJ Bell Stadium. Salford won 20 points to 18, Paul. Like you said, both ta- both sides kind of mixed the cards. Didn't want to show the other the other team uh, much before the big game. But you know, the players who who managed to get in the uh, the seventeen, you know, played very well. They did. I, I don't
1: think we learned anything about uh, the, the the Saturday game. To be honest with you, I don't think there's many players in that Warrington side that played on Tuesday night that will play on Saturday. I mean, Danny Walker, the young hooker, could possibly be in the squad. I know he's he's. more or less in the first team, quite a lot of very good players as well. Uh, the rest of the Warrington youngsters uh, I'm not too sure if any of those are like fringe players but it was a totally different side so you, you, you can't really measure measure Saturday, I mean I know he said it's dress rehearsal it is in, in sort of name of the club but we didn't really learn anything about Warrington in that game and it was it was a good chance for for our fringe players and, and, and youngsters to to shine and I thought they did, Lewis Roberts came in on the wing, you know, he's a really young kid and he came in and did not look out of place whatsoever you, you had Oli Ashall Bott who came in looked safe as houses under the eyeball Apart from one occasion where he where he coughed one up, but other than that, you know, for such a lightweight player that he is, he's he's really quick and and an exciting lad to watch. And I thought Tom Gilmore was was good, and um, yeah, I thought the players who came in did did a good job. And um, like you said, was an awful lot of solver players missing there who've who've benefited from that rest uh, rest for Saturday.
0: Yeah, Lee Mossett returned, Ryan Land returned as well. And, you know, them coming back from injury gives them a game in the tank ahead of the semi final and also the game to come. Because obviously, being out for a period it, it takes a bit out of your legs. So it's good for them to get another, another game uh, before the next few games to come.
1: Yeah, well, Lee Mossop's not played played much at all, has he? Uh, I can't I could not remember the last time he played, but this this season he's he's missed quite a few games, not with the uh, niggling injuries and things like that. Perhaps he's at that sort of stage of his career now. But I did hear somebody say to me about his interview. I've not seen his interview. From, from last night, but I, I did believe he said uh, that he's going to play, be playing, he's fit to play on Saturday in the semi-final, that's good news because I thought he'd run really well in the Tuesday night game, he he took a lot of stopping, it was taking three or four men to put him down he's a very powerful player, and he's our captain as well, so you're going to want him in the side good to see Ryan Lanham back in the team I thought Elliot Keir was excellent, I mean, I'm impressed every time I see Elliot, I think he's a real good professional um, he's probably not first choice at, at Salford which is not not saying he's not a good player because I I I think he is. I thought he did really well. He scored a real clever try. You know he, he worked really well with with um, Reese Williams. The two of them seem to have a really good understanding together. Every time they play together, the, the, their edge is always really solid and plays well. So I was impressed with him as well. Uh, Chris Atkin was good. He was busy. Um, Connor Jones was in the side. We've not seen much of him this season. So so yeah, it was it was different. It was a different sort of game. I thought we showed a lot of character there to, to come back in that second
0: half. Yeah, I I I think the game against Warrington on Tuesday was a game historically that we usually lose because we have come up against teams like uh, Warrington. I remember we played a a, a Wigan side full of kids one a few years ago and we got beat that day and we were awful. And I eighteen nil down. I was thinking, here we go. But boys. You know, knuckled down, didn't they? They switched back on, and it was good. It was good. It shows, I think, Paul, how far we've come on the field that the players are able to sort of find a way of winning, which is good. And, and and I think it's great moving forward that they've they've started developing that kind of habit because in obviously bigger games to come in semi-finals and and you know playoffs games in the in the future, if you've got that habit in the in the bank, it's only going to be a good thing.
1: Yeah, I think so. I mean, The first half was a bit of a mixed bag. I know we had quite a lot of ball early doors and our attack did look a bit rusty and that's to be expected. You've got two guys playing together in Akin and Gilmour who've never played together before as far as I know and certainly not a Salford so you were playing with a new half-back pair and it did take us a bit of a while to stamp our authority on the game and I thought Warrington grew in confidence after they scored that first try and uh, they did well, they they, they scored some tries and, and and got in the lead but that try, we, we scored just before half-time, we needed that. I think that put us back in the game, that right on half-time, 12-6 I think it was, wasn't it? Uh, or was it 18-6, sorry. Um, was it 18-6 at time? Yeah, 18, <laughs> six half-time? Yeah, 18-6 at half-time, Williams six, just sorry. in yeah, the corner. 18-0, right? so uh, we scored. About two yeah. minutes
0: before half-time right. was a scorer. Yeah,
1: so that, that try was important. That try was really important. It did seem to be a bit of a momentum swing then in, in, in the game because we scored early doors in the second half, didn't we, in, uh, through, through Kia. So, yeah, it was it was a funny game to, to watch, really. I, I felt a bit sorry for the Warrington Young players and the fact that probably a lot of those players have not played for six months or so since the Reserve League finished. So perhaps there was a bit of, um, you know, sort of match fitness caught up with them there in the last 20 minutes of the game because we did seem to finish the game a lot stronger than they did.
0: Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. But I I think at half time, obviously, and Watson's had that had that team talk with, with the players, Paul. And, you know, he's probably said to him, look, you know, we, we've got a semi-final to, to play. We, we need, you know, a, a better performance moving into that. And I thought the players used all their experience in that second half. Yeah, Warrington had a young side. Sky kept telling us every 30 seconds that they were a young team and, and you know, they were playing out of their skin. But Salford showed how good a team they are now. By you know not not conceding not you know folding under that pressure uh, of playing a, a a younger side and an an experienced side because everyone thought Salford going and steamrolling but you know I, I thought second half you know they switched on they 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 played the percentages the you know the the percentage you know completion rate was 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 very good I, I thought in that second half and and that it inside because they're young and 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 they're inexperienced just ran out of gas but Salford out the players I felt knew that would was coming and they didn't seem to panic they didn't seem to start rushing passes and and you know trying to make things happen they knew that that they had what and where they needed them and and they scored at the right times and and they used that you know big game experience to get us over the line
1: yeah they did and I think one other thing as well that that I noticed and I thought before the game that you know, with the semi-final coming up, those players that were playing last night, particularly the ones that are not first choice on the team sheet every week, they had an opportunity to put their their hand up for it for the game on uh, on Saturday, and I think there was a few players that. I'd probably giving Watson a bit of a headache there, you know, who he's going to pick for his three quarter line, who he's going to pick for his full back, and things like that. So, um, that, that was something else that I was thinking whilst the game was on, but no, I think you're right. I think Wellington did run out of steam in that, in that second half, but we kept plugging away and we scored some good tries. And you know, Chris Inu, again, I, I've got to have to give him a special mention because his goal kicking, particularly in the last few weeks or so, I've noticed has been absolutely outstanding. I should have done some homework on the stats actually because I can't remember him missing many kicks recently because he's kicking him from all over the field and I think that's so important confidence wise as well when you're going up in sixes rather than fours and he's nailing the conversions at the moment. That could be something we're definitely going to need on Saturday. We score a try Saturday, you need him to be kicking those goals and he is doing his He's kicking has been absolutely tremendous.
0: Yeah. I I agree with that. I think Inu's certainly showing, you know, what what he can do. Obviously We'll talk the the new drop goal If you had a few attempts at it, but but missed. But I, I think obviously the the penalty that that, that Salford got where he, he faked the the field goal, that that shows that in the in the big games he, he, he can he can see something that other players can and that and that's what you kind of need. I I think uh, in 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 big matches like Andy Acker's you know, he, he sets up the try for Gilmore, goes through the gap. He sees he sees the gap open up. He sees the defender switch off, and he's gone. And and that's what you know. Players of that sort of calibre and that that quality can 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 assess the situation in front of them and and open it up for us. And and that's a good thing, uh, I think, moving forward.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think Andy Akers has been uh, been a bit of a gem, really. I think here Watson's you know gone out there and signed a player of real quality. And perhaps a player that was going under the radar a bit, really, because I don't know what other clubs were interested in Andy when he became available, but he, he really impressed me last night. I mean, I'm not for one minute having a go at Conor Jones, he's an inexperienced at the sort of Super League level, but when Andy came on, he showed us up and we looked a better side, you know, with that pace around the rookies really quick. And, um, you know, he probably won't be able to play on Saturday because he's cup tied, isn't he? So we're going to miss him on Saturday because he's impressed me every time he's played. And, you know, he's only going to get better as well. He's not played that many games for us yet. So he's going to get better. He's so sharp. His distribution really good as well. And he had another good game last night. And as I said, when he came on, he sort of gave us that momentum to take the game away from Warrington.
0: Yeah, I think it was that. And I think it was also experience of everybody. You know, the the older and experienced players in the, in the side just just knew what what they had to do in that second half because it, it was a real banana skin for, for me that that game we had nothing sort of nothing to to win uh, you know if if we if we do end up winning it's always so you know Warrington's a, a young side and you know that they've 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 shown what rugby league going to be like in 10 years time so you know for for us to to manage it you know, Ian Watson talks about game management done it? and I thought in that second half that's that's what it was. We, you know, we, we we switched on and we we managed to you know find a find a way of winning, and that's that's the important thing really. You know, moving forward, especially these big games to come. That's Thanks for good. your three word match reports, man of the matches. I said game, usual lose. Uh, Elliot K, was who was my man of the match. Dave uh, Wallin, we were poor in you. I, I know Dave, and he's a he's a good lad, Dave. I don't think we I don't think we were poor. I really don't. I, I, just, I just, thought we, you know, we, we just need a bit of time to, to, to tick, and, and we managed that in the second half.
1: I thought there was patches in the first half where he was poor. I understand where he's coming from there. Um, sometimes it is difficult when you're playing against different sides and you know younger players who're enthusiastic and things like that. They were pretty quick as well, Warrington. You know, the, the young side there. There was plenty of pace in there, um, and it takes time to adjust, doesn't it? As I said before. You can have all the individual players you want. You can have the best pack in the world. But if you've not got the half-backs that are going to steer you around the pitch, you might as well go home. And we've seen that in Super League with some clubs who who struggled. They've had all the superstars. But because they've not got that six and seven right, you're never going to get anywhere. And I think in that first half with um, with Gilmore and Atkin, we wasn't quite at our best because they weren't reading each other's game. I think as the game went on, they started to understand each other a bit more. As I said before, Andy Akers came on. And, and and that's how the game went. So yeah, there was there was time in the game where I thought we looked very blunt on attack. I thought we was pretty poor. We get held up over the line a few times. Our last tackle players were a bit dodgy. But you know, eventually we, we 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 cracked we cracked Warrington, didn't we? Which is you know what we wanted to do. And I came out away from the game thinking that I saw what people were putting on social media about what Sky had said, and they were biased to Warrington this that, and the other. But I had a little chuckle to myself because I thought we could have played St. Helens tonight and beat St. Helens. And, and all the champion players they've got. And we've got two points for the win. We've just beat a Warrington kids team and we've got two points for the win. So it doesn't matter whether you play in Australia or Warrington's under-20s or whatever, you still get two points for that win. So it's fish and chip paper. That that game will go down the record books as Salford have, have beaten Warrington. So people can can go on all they, all they want. That, the main thing is we won the match and, and that, that's all I was bothered about.
0: Yeah, Um Wondrous Warrington, That's what your mate Roy Ellaby said. His uh, man of the match was uh, Christian Inu. Uh, David Deakin stuck at it. Inu. Uh, Patrick Conley ground it out. Uh, man of the match: Lewis Roberts. Um, John Waite, disjointed and sloppy. Uh, Burke. Tony Amani, offside, offside, offside. And Malcolm Blees. Uh, Sky commentary bias. Yeah, it, it, Sky commentary. I think I think they've obviously they wanted a story of of Warrenton's you know academy set up being that good they could beat a super league side and unfortunately Salford didn't read the script which is which is great because obviously that's what Salford's all about it's all about upsetting the the, the big boys and being the underdog
1: yeah, yeah, I'm not one for slagging off commentary and things like that because I'm quite a chilled out person. But <clears throat> excuse me, I've noticed Sky this season. I, I've not been a big fan of it when I've watched it, their, their coverage. I don't know. I think from what I'm hearing last night, it was quite knockabout, and they were saying, "Oh, give Warren to the try when it's a forward pass." Cause it's somebody making a I and mean, I think that's a bit disrespectful to solve at that. I mean, if you're a commentary team and you should be impartial. I mean, when I'm doing my reports and that, like, yeah, I'm a sol- I'm solving through and through, but. I'm never that biased where I'll slag a team off. You know, I, I respect him and I respected Warrington last night. And I mean, I think I said it on my report. I think last night, to me, a draw had been a fair result. I think we were pretty fortunate to, to get the win. But um, no, I've, I've not been that impressed. And I don't want to slag that John Wells off, but I don't see how he can work on Sky when he's like the director of rugby at Castleford. Is that not sort of a conflict of interest? Because the other week we played Cass on Sky and John Wells is summarising it and he works from. Can you imagine Ian Blee's doing that for Sky? I can't, so uh, so no, not that I'm slagging Sky off. Yeah, they, they they pay a lot of money out for the games, but I do prefer the coverage that the BBC do. I think at the moment, I've I've enjoyed it more.
0: Yeah, I've, I've, a lot of people, are sort of asking about Eddie and Steve O and trying to get them back, but I think commentary is a it's a it's a, it's a weird thing. It's a difficult thing. I, I think it's finding that sort of balance. Obviously, yeah, some sometimes they do all the over to, the top up with certain teams, but. You know, we we we're building a you know a culture. We're building a, a thing at this club, and you know, you're hoping that Sky will take notice and and we'll we'll be sort of sort of inserted into into that sort of agenda onto the the screens. And you know, they'll be promoting us like they do promote the likes of Castleford and and Warrington if we continue this upward curve. You know, for the next five, four, five, six years.
1: Yeah, just, just going back to what you said there about Eddie and Steve, I mean, Eddie and Steve used to get an awful lot of stick, didn't they, when they was there? And I always liked them. I always thought they were great. I mean, I've met Mike Stevenson a couple of times and he's a lovely fellow, great player as well, um, and very knowledgeable about the game. And Eddie Emmons was another one. I always thought Eddie Evans' commentary was really good. I know, I know he's a bit daft sometimes, but the, the sort of the chemistry that they had between them two, they used to make me laugh. I thought they was really funny. And I think now they're not doing it. I think you miss them a bit now because they've not really been replaced either they've had quite a few commentators on screen I'm not I'm not slagging them off I think that Ben Pro is a good commentator Stuart Pike I think is doing it at the moment and it's a difficult job um, and I think sometimes you, your expectations are high because you've had two guys on there who've been doing it for what 20 odd years Eddie and Steve want so um, perhaps it's just taking a bit of time for us to, to adjust to, to the new people and what have you but I don't know. I think the the coverage could be a bit better sometimes, but, you know, they still do a good job, don't they? And I probably couldn't do a, a job as good as them. So, uh, so yeah. But, um, yeah, bring Eddie and Steve over. I miss them too. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I think it's just about painting a picture in it, I think. And, you know, yeah. we, we, like you said, we we were used to Eddie and Steve and the manner, mannerisms and, you know, what they said. And, you know, I suppose new blood has to come, don't it? And, you know, we'll be... You know, be ten years, maybe ten years down the line, we'll be we'll be looking at the these lot coming in now, Stuart Pike and all all the the new blood coming through, and and saying the same kind of things that we did with Eddie and Steve You never know.
1: Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I mean, there's an awful lot of good good guys on the BBC. I mean, um, Matt Newsom, I think he's a fantastic commentator. You know, he does. A, I listen to a lot of, I don't have Sky, so I don't always watch the matches on Sky, but I do put Radio 5 Live Extra in the week on my telly and listen to the commentary on there, because Dave Woods is on, Matt Newsome's on, and I think their, their stuff's brilliant. I've been listening to a lot of Dave Woods' podcasts recently as well, and some really good stuff on the BBC. So uh, not that I'm biased to the BBC, but Trevor Hunt, Jack Deirdre, and Phil Kinsella, they all do a, do a great job. So there's loads of good commentators out there, and the, the coverage is, is really good, local radio, and that I think's great.
0: Yeah, I think you've, you find sort of the, the old school ones, it's more, um, there's more emotion in it, you know, rather than the modern commentators, there's more sort of stats uh, and, and sort of descriptions of, you know, how many times you've scored and how many games have appeared in, when sometimes, when something magical happens, you just sometimes have to say nothing, just for the people at home watching, just to take it in, but that's just my two pennies worth. I'm trying, I try my best to do a bit of both really, but, Let's see how it goes.
1: No, I think you're doing okay, mate. You're doing all right. I mean, it's been a shame we've not been we've not been able to do any games for a while, have we? But we'll. I'm sure we'll get back into it soon, and uh, once we can start going back to the games full time.
0: Yeah, stats. Looking at the meters, Paul. You know, I've always said that. You know, if you get a lot of players over hundred meters, you're doing really, really well. And we were we were very, very good against Warrington Oliver ashall bot hundred eight. Andy Ackers, eighty five. Rhys Williams, one hundred and fifty one. Elliot K, hundred and forty one. Lee up eighty nine. Greenwood, one hundred and fourteen. Parley Parley, one hundred and twenty. Uh, Christian Inu, 129s, And Sebastian a for one hundred and thirty. So we certainly had momentum. You can you can see that.
1: Yeah, I think we did. You know, uh, Rhys Williams is he's pretty good every week, isn't he? You know for. Uh for making the meet as he does he works really hard he comes in a lot looking for work as well off his his wing taking the ball up you know giving the forwards a bit of a breather so uh, as I've said a number of times on the podcast I think he's been one of the signings of the season you know terrific player Um, you know one that probably goes under the radar he's probably not one that's spoke about by everybody in the in rugby league, but we know at Salford we've got some players there that, you know, do go under the radar, you know, unsung sort of heroes, and, and he's one of them. And then Elliot Keir as well. I know, I know you picked Elliot as man of the match, and I, I didn't really pick a man of the match last night, but I, did, I do remember saying how good Elliot was. And that, that try when he scored on the blind side there, I thought that was really, really professional, clever play that from him. And, and we needed that try at that point, and, you know, he, he put. Um, Rhys Williams in for a good try as well so the two Welsh lads there they the, the hold two tries in for us there and probably with a difference
0: Looking at the top tacklers Paul, Greg Burke 37 Tyrone McCarthy 25 Sebastian Icke A4 uh, 31, uh, Royd 40, so yeah it's it's a good workout for, for our forwards Yeah
1: it certainly was and like I said it was um, good to see Ryan Lannan back in and Great to see Lee Mossack back in the, the team because we know we all know what a warrior Lee is. You know He's the captain of our side and he had some huge games for us last season you know, at the business end of the season in the, in the playoff games and, and what have you. So, you, you, you need guys like that. You, you need these guys with big game experience when you go into a semi-final. You know, Matt Flanning, I think, is going to be pivotal on the weekend. He's played in, in finals, hasn't he, grand finals? And, you want those guys because we've got some players in the squad who haven't. We've got some experienced guys in there who've who've not played in these big games. But obviously, another one I was going to mention is Callum Watkins. He's played in tons of grand finals and in Challenge Cup finals for Leeds, so he's going to be a good guy to have in the dressing room at the weekend. And that's what you need. And I'm really glad Lee Mossop's back there. Yep,
0: yeah, that's the the chat about the. The, the win against Warrington on uh, on Tuesday, and we'll now look at all the big news coming out of the the club um, in the last few days. So uh, the big news, Paul, is uh, Dan Sargentson's two match ban was overturned, so he's free to play in the Challenge Cup semi final. A fantastic thing for for us um, because he's a, a great player, and it's good that we've he's obviously managed to get his ban overturned and he's uh, able to play.
1: Yeah, certainly is, and and Dan's been playing excellently, hasn't he? Last few weeks, I mean, great performance in the um, in the quarter final against. Well, a bit a mixed bag in that game. I thought he had a poor first. I made a few mistakes, but he ended up scoring a couple of tries and getting the man of the match award. So it just shows the character of the man. Um, I thought he played really well against Hull. Got simping, but I think I don't think that was intentional. What he did, I think it was real, real wholehearted play, and I applaud that. Um, so yeah. I'm glad he's playing because he's he's another one that's, you know, he wears his heart on his sleeve. And since he's gone to full back, you know, since Niall's been, been injured, he's done really well. I think he's looked really, really safe. He's looked really steady. He's good coming forward with the ball. He, he works really hard and and, and he's, he's, he's difficult to tackle as well. He he runs hard. He'll take the ball in. And he'll run at the defence like he's running at a brick wall. So I, I'm pleased, Dan's in and... As we've said about players with with big game experience and things like that, you know Dan's another one of them. He's played played in Australia. He's played for Wigan, you know, at a higher level. So he played for for England as well. And he's got a lot of catch in the international scene. So yeah, it, I'm really really glad he's, he's got away with that. Well, not Got away with it. I don't think he should have been banned anyway. I think since him sufficient, sufficiently, really. I mean, he got Sim being in the game and that should have been the end of it. So uh, so yeah, I'm I'm, I'm chuffed with that. One.
0: <laughs> when you say he got away with it, is that subconsciously thinking that he should, he, the band should have been held, should have been held up? No,
1: no, no. I didn't mean it like that. No, I, I meant he, he got off with his banner, with his, ban, he, with his ban it's been being overturned. That's that's what the word I was looking for. So don't be trying to trap me.
0: <laughs> no, no I I I, think, to, to be honest, Paul, You know it, it was high. Was it? Yeah, it was. was it? Su- su- uh, been sufficient, probably. Yeah. Um, so. Obviously, <laughs> they have to look at it. It is high, but he is he is ducking into into the challenge. I think Tom from the evening Manstream Evening News, he's a big follower of um, Australian uh, Aussie Rules football, and he says uh, challenges like that happen all the time in Aussie Rules. It's all all it's up to the ball carrier uh, to protect his head. So I suppose if you look at it like that, this might be something we have to kind of look into bringing into Rugby League that you know it's up to the ball carrier to make himself safe in that situation.
1: Well, yeah, he was going down, wasn't it? You like you said, yeah, he was high. But if you if if you go down the floor and tie my shoelaces and I whack you around the head, his high. Yeah, it might be high around your head, but it's not high because you're down there, aren't you? Doing my, my boot laces. So it, it was a difficult one. He, he put everything into that run. When you watch it again, he's he's going out full-blooded. There, he's going out to. not I to say? Hurt the man. But to make a make a really good physical challenge, and that's what rugby league's all about. It's not cake baking, is it? So, I think Dan Sargent, yeah, he caught him, I, but I don't think it was intentional. I don't think he ran steaming in there to take somebody's head off. I think it was just a shame that, that Jamie Shaw, I think the fullback was, when it had sort of lost his footing and, and gone to the ground, And he caught him, rightly so. The letter of the law is, uh, you know, round the head. He's, he's a sin bin, so he got a sin bin. End of story. I don't see why he should be banned for two games as well. It? I, I, I didn't get where that where I that come from. I mean, he's not a malicious player. He's not got like a, a really bad record with the judiciary where he's getting sin bin and sent off every week. So I think sometimes a bit of common sense needs to come in with these people who, who do the disciplinary panel. And um, yeah, I, it's like the, the Luke Yates one. I mean... I struggled with that because I didn't really know what I was looking at and you've told me and, and Phil Kintella had a chat with me as well last night about it and was saying it was a it's a hip drop tackle. And apparently there's one in Australia and somebody got a few game ban for it over there, but I must have, a bit if I, I didn't know know about this hip drop tackle and if the players had been warned about and told not to do it, then you can't really defend Luke Yates, can you?
0: Yeah, I can see why luke you luke yates got the ban because the way I look at it is it's kind of like when you're on a swing and you you have to you start your swinging momentum you act you, you kinda of, you thrust your legs forward to get the momentum going and luke yates kind of thrusts his legs forward to try and sort of tear the the attacker down the unfortunate thing for us well for him is that there's a silver player Roberts come in the other direction and folds the the attacker in half, which makes it look worse than it is. But it is unfortunately a a, a foul. But in real time, you're not going to spot it. I don't think it's just. He's just unlucky that somebody spotted it and he's and he's been pulled for it. But he's not a dirty player, is he, Luke Yates? He's he's you know he's he works hard. He makes 40 tackles a game. You know, and he's not. He seems like an honest bloke, and you know, I think it's it's going to be. It's going to be. It's a tough. It's a tough call, really, because you know you look at players like him, and he's the kind of player that's the reason why we are where we are, and you kind of feel sorry that he's not be able to show his talents on the on the big stage. Well, he isn't until we get to the final, anyway.
1: No, no, yeah, it's it's a shame. But like I said before, um, if, if if the if the Players have been briefed on these sort of challenges because, you know, that, that cannonball one's another one that you don't really want to see in the sport. I, I I struggled, like I said before, when I to watch that that challenge. I can't, I can't always see what's going on because it's such a physical sport, rugby league, isn't it? It's difficult to see what's going on. But if they have been told about that, you've got to be careful, haven't I mean, you? Because the players are so big now these days, you know, physically big and physically strong. They have got to be careful. I mean, you don't want to be people to be getting injured. So just unfortunate and hopefully if... Um, Luke Yates does miss the semi-final. He'll be free to play in the final.
0: Yeah, because obviously he's a he's a big player for us. It's going to be interesting to see, you know, who replaces him in that in that Salford side. Other news: uh, The Salford Devils Foundation and the Foundation '92 uh, have have joined up in a partnership to, you know, give uh, courses of uh, football and rugby courses to the people of uh, of, of Salford, which is great. Both professional teams in Salford doing things in the community, which is great.
1: Yeah, certainly, certainly. Um, all this community works good. I mean, you you say it delivery week, don't you, know about us being a community club and, and we are now, aren't we? And um, Particular at the moment, with the way things are going and you know, all this crisis that are happening, it's difficult. We've all got to work together now, haven't we? And um, and do our bit for the club and the community and things like that. So the more we can do and, and stick together through these times, you know, it's good. It's good to say. good news that.
0: Yeah, there's a uh, there's there's courses, mental health wellbeing courses for for people over eighteen and, and over, and there's also courses for people who are disabled and want to play sports, which is is great. I think it's a, a great thing that both. The foundation and the Foundation ninety two have, have linked up to to do it. Obviously, there's a lot of people out there who, who love sport and you know be able to embrace that. It's only going to help uh, the community in these uh, these testing times that we find ourselves in, Paul.
1: Yeah, you nailed it there, Rob. I mean, I, I sometimes think about that now. Um, the mental health side of things, you know, people are struggling. I, I know a few people at work, in my work, who have, have struggled with certain things recently and, um, you know, I keep phoning them up and keep talking to them and that. And you think with all what's going on now with people being locked down and all this, the uncertainty in the world, if you are a bit edgy with your mental health and things like that, you need to talk to people because it's difficult. I think the difficult times that we're living at the moment, I mean, you know, some certain people that are stronger than others, aren't they? You know, some people that, they seem to be able to just live through anything, don't they, and just crack on. And, um, you know, some of us don't. And, yeah, the, the, the help you can get in the community, if they can work together like that, I think that that's great because it's a testing time for everybody. And, uh, you know, we've all got to stick together.
0: Yeah, other news. The big draw took place It's about the sponsors, all the businesses who wanted to get involved. Uh, and the winners were Pace Logistics, who were a transport and warehousing uh, company which is great. Obviously, you know that they'll have be uh, enjoying a, a very good uh, package that the club have put together.
1: Yeah, certainly it's, uh, it's been quite exciting that, that that draw would be. I didn't realise it was today, but I think a lot of local businesses have got involved in that. And it's, it's great to see it as we've been saying before with all the uncertainty, what's going on. We don't even know next season whether the support is going to be at a go, do we? So sponsorship and, and, and people like that. And you know, the people who put money into the club, because there is, there's a lot of people with local businesses and, I can think of quite a few supporters that have businesses and, and and put you know significant amounts of money into the to the the club, which is which is great and which is what we're going to need. So uh, so yeah, it was uh, pleasing to see people enter that draw and um, and yeah, it's another good news new story that Rob.
0: Yeah, and also, Marson Group's uh, going to be displayed on the front of the silver shirts in twenty twenty one. They've uh, done a great job. Obviously, a local company, you know, worldwide as well. Being uh, being on the the shirts benefits both us and them.
1: It certainly does, and, and they're quite a well-known company now, aren't they? You know they've been involved in, in other sports as well, in rugby union, boxing, and things like that. So, so yeah, to have you know to be in, in a partnership with them, I think it's it's a good coup for the club, and it, and it works both ways, doesn't it? So, I'm, I'm glad that they're going to be on board for 2021. You would think that 2021 is probably going to be a, a tough test for a lot, a lot of rugby league clubs, but if you've got a stable sponsor there and and people behind you, that's that's a good good start.
0: Yeah, and uh, another another news as well, uh, Paul. Cardiff Bay Rugby have recognised two Salford uh, greats, Gus Risman and uh, Colin Dixon. They're going to be part of artwork in the area, um, celebrating sort of sport in in that area. And I think it's great that you know two players of our of our sort of club get you know get to get that recognition.
1: Two great players of the club, yeah, yeah, man. My dad told me about this story today, and uh, you know Colin Dixon's. My dad's all time favourite rugby league player, he never stops talking about him. I know Colin passed away a number of years ago now and he my dad still talks about him all the time. And, you know, magnificent player, I believe, from what I've read and, and, and my dad's stories. And obviously Gus Risman was a a long time before um, my dad was born, you know, the nineteen thirty-eight Challenge Cup and, and things like that, you know, what a fantastic player he was in that side in the thirties for Salford. And, you know, let's have it right, if you if you read your history and, and you know the history of the club we was pioneers back then in the 30s you know the the, the trophies that we won and really led the sport so Two fantastic players. It's just a shame that there's not a lot of footage about of those games. I mean, I think you can still watch the '69 final and see Colin Dixon, you know, marauding down the pitch in the, in the 1938 final as well. So, yeah, two great players, and I think that's great for for Welsh Rugby League as well. You know, we've got a, a real connection with, with with Wales, haven't we? And, you know, some Morris Richards and um, David Watkins and people. There's been so many, hasn't there? You know, Ian Watson played for. Played a lot of games for Wales, and I think he's uh, isn't he one of the all-time appearance holders for for Wales? So, we've got a real links with uh, with the country of Wales in in rugby league in Salford
0: Yeah, that like Wales is a really real rugby country, isn't it? And we talked about expansion last week, didn't we? With, with Tom Bramwell and the Toronto situation, and you you think to yourself, you know, yeah, you know, Celtic Crusaders, you know, it didn't quite, you know, do what it needed to do, and and you think. Why? I just think if if is it investment should the should the should the rugby league should have should they have you know invested a bit more into that you know because we we all know how excited the the Welsh fans are when it comes to rugby and you think have we missed an opportunity there?
1: Well, it's a, it's a, it's a big question that Rob. I mean, you're talking about rugby in Wales. It's mainly rugby union. It's rugby union is their sport and. You think about the players that came across in the 60s, 70s, 80s to Salford, a lot of those, well, all of them, they were Rugby Union players, weren't they? You know, David Watkins, Rugby Union, Adrian Adler, if you go into the 80s, was a, a top Welsh Rugby Union uh, winger, wasn't he? And, you know, the rest of them there that we've mentioned, they were all Rugby Union players, weren't they? Maurice Richards toured with uh, the British Lions, didn't he? And Mike Kuhlman, uh, when he played for played Rugby Union in 68, I think it was, they were in the British Lions team. So those players couldn't earn the sort of money in rugby union that they could earn in rugby league and i think that's why a lot of them came over while rugby union was still sort of part-time wasn't it and things like that so they came to rugby league to you know to better their careers didn't they so rugby union is massive down there in the valleys and in south wales but rugby league's never really taken off as as you said we've had the the, the celtic crusaders there and they played they didn't play in south wales though, they were playing in in Wrexham, in, in weren't they? For, for quite a while, they did play at Bridge End, didn't they? But it didn't, it never seemed to take off. There. I remember going and watching Solver there in the, the, the second division when we got relegated, never seemed to be like a big interest there in, in, in Celtic Crusaders. It's yeah. a shame, though. It's,
0: it's, it's a shame. It's a, real, it's a real shame, I think. But I say, you know, we talked about the Toronto situation last week. It seems like the RFL are looking at it now and, and they're going to decide whether the There is um yeah you know a, a market in um you know Canada and Toronto for Super League It's I, I think really it's all about re, the real money situation. We can talk about um you know what opportunities and and you know we we could do this and we could do that. What what what's the real money? What's what's the real you know level we can reach here? And that and that's I think the RFL and Super League. That's what I think they're looking at. I think they're looking at you know yeah you know great we'll go to Toronto but. Where, where is the real is there real money at the end of this this uh, this rainbow?
1: The problem with rugby league a lot of the time, Rob, and certainly in, the, in my lifetime of watching it, is they tend to they don't give things a chance. Mm. They tend to chop and change, chop and change rules, do this, do that. Don't give things a chance. I mean, I remember when Gateshead Thunder came into the Super League, and uh, they were getting six or seven thousand at the international stadium. They only gave them a, a twelve months, and then they merged them with all and knocked them on the head. Catalans came in. And Catalans were the success story to me because they were poor at first, they finished bottom, and they given them that immunity from relegation and, and and they gave them a bit of time to blossom and, and they have done now. They're doing tremendously well. They're getting really big crowds in the south of France and that's, that's been one of the success stories of expansion. I mean, Paris went, went massively wrong, didn't it? I don't know what happened there. I think there was a lot of money issues and things like that, but Celtic Crusade is probably another one that we didn't really give long enough to. Um, so yeah I don't know same with Toronto do they run out of patience with things they've done it with rules haven't we've brought things in we've brought the playoffs in we've had franchises we've had the top eight playoff we've had middle eights we've had this that and the other million pound games and nothing there's no longevity there they just seem to chop and change the rules like their underpants so I think with this expansion thing I don't know to me I'm a massive fan of, of Toronto but also I think if, if they've got support there and they've got some money there and they've got some players there and, and a chairman who's willing to give it his all and, and be honest about it and pass a, pass a fit and proper person's test and be a good chairman and, and nurture the club and look after it, then I think, yeah, perhaps they do deserve a chance. Um, so I'll have to watch this space on that one. But I think with the Rugby League, sometimes you, you've, got to, you've got to give things time. You give things time to work.
0: I agree with you there, Paul. I, I think where we are... Where we are, they've got to keep Toronto in, because you you build you built this club, you you've suddenly created whatever it is seven thousand fans out of nowhere, and I just think it'd be unfair just to cut the cut the cut the umbilical cord and say, ta-ra, you know after after what they've they've managed to create, so I, I think they've got to keep it going for a bit to see how it goes and, and you think it might expand you know and that and, and it'll get bigger in, in Canada uh, and hopefully then it'll benefit the whole game then because obviously any TV deal you don't would share with everyone else um, but we'll have to wait and see on, on that situation but like you said expansion yeah Paris didn't quite work out but Catalan did and then they talk about Toulouse you know possibly coming in you know and having that second team in France, you know, might give you that sort of derby feel, um, somewhere else to sell the game on uh, to the people at home watching on the telly, and the people in France who are going to be watching it on the terrace. And it's going to expand the game even more, isn't it? So you're just hoping that that they, they expand the game, but obviously look after look after everyone else at the same time.
1: Yeah, I think, I think Toulouse, with that argument with Toulouse, I think it's up to Toulouse now to gain promotion. They're in the Championship now, and I don't think they should be parachuted into Super League. I think that's up to them now to earn the right to play in Super League because they've got some big players there. They've got a good squad. They're getting decent crowds. I mean, it's a shame this season, obviously, because their season's been sort of scrapped. But in 2021, I think they'll be one of the favourites for promotion, along with Lee and Featherstone and a few other sides. York City Knights have... Very impressed with them recently. Some of the signings they're making, you know, Adam Cuthbertson's going there, they've got Danny Kermond, they've made some really exciting signings for 2021. They've got a new stadium there, and where they're playing at that sort of side of Yorkshire, the York end, they've got quite a, quite a big pool of, of support to pick from. Really. They're not sort of in the 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 rhubarb triangle like Wakefield, Featherston and Castleford and Leeds and, and Bradford. They they're out there on their own, so I think they're going to do well next season. But yeah, to lose I think yeah, the ball's in their court. Now they've got to go for it and, and go for promotion. I'd love to see another French side in the Super League. I think it'd be great. But don't think they should be parachuting in. I think they should they should earn that promotion now and that championship should be it should be an excellent competition
0: next year. The rhubarb triangle is that is that a thing?
1: Yes, yeah, uh, Castleford, Wakefield, and Featherstone—the rhubarb triangle. Yeah, you never heard that before. No, never heard that in my life. Yeah, they they're old radio station rhubarb radio, don't we?
0: Uh, and something yeah. new every day. Yeah, you didn't know that, did you? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, so that's all the all the big news this week. And now, Paul, we'll look forward to the uh, the semi final and uh, Salford's aim to get to the uh, the Challenge Cup final. <laughs> It's time for the Devil the details the Man 3.0! So, it's Salford and Warrington in the semi-final of the Challenge Cup, Paul. Uh, you know, super excited about this.
1: Yeah, certainly. I've been doing a lot of reading recently and a lot of writing and... Working on a little preview that ended up being like a ten-hour essay that I did the other <laughs> week. Just, just doing loads of research on. I'm fascinated by the Challenge Cup. I always have been, and particularly Warrington, and I've been reading loads about Warrington, and they've been quite a, a consistent team in the cup over over the decades, really. You know, in the seventies and. Um, not so much in the 80s, but 60s, 70s, 50s. They've been to plenty of finals and semi-finals and things like that. And since the new Wembley's come, they've been in countless semi-finals. They? They've been in eight of the last ten. So uh, they've, they've won the cup a few times as well since we've gone to new Wembley. So, so yeah, they're, they're the team to beat. And um, you know the other the other stat is uh, Sol played Warrington in the semi-final in 1969. Um, so last time we met them in a semi, we beat them. So um, 15 points to eight. But we've lost our last two cup games against uh, Warrington, um, 2013 and the Alan Hunt game. <laughs> I'm going to call it at the Willows if you remember <laughs> we scored in the, the tenth minute of injury time. But I think we've had a, a real good rivalry with Warrington over the last few years, haven't we? Um, they're probably our closest rivals, aren't they? You know, geographically. So um, I think it's, I don't think it's a bitter rivalry with Warrington. I think it's a, a sort of a you know a lively sort of rivalry isn't it that we have and we always enjoy going there to the Hellywell Jones and um, even though this game is going to be on a neutral um, ground as it being a semi-final I think it's going to be a great great game on, uh, on on Saturday I'm really looking forward to it
0: Yeah I think obviously after Swinton's sort of demise Warrington became our kind of derby game didn't they that and Lee but obviously Warrington have Witness and Widness and Warrington they look at each other as their main rival and we just look on like on the outside you know wishing it was us really <laughs>
1: yeah certainly I mean I'd love uh, Swinton to to come back up one day and and get that rivalry back with us I mean we'll have to see what happens there and there's obviously a lot of work to be done for them at the moment where they are but got a good coaching shoot so fingers crossed they can come back one day Um, but yeah Lee as you said I think that's a rivalry for us but the Warrington one's been interesting you know there's a lot of players who've gone between the two clubs over the years as well and, and played for both and We've had quite a lot of players from that neck of the woods, the Warrington sort of area. So, yeah, I I always think Warrington are a bit like us, a bit like us with with more money. <laughs> they all seem to be a bit like I don't know, they they all seem to be like the fall guys. But over the last few years, they haven't been. They, they've they've really got done well, particularly since they moved to that new stadium. They've got a good owner there, and that Simon Moran who seems to just keep his, his nose clean and and keeps putting the money in and, and, and doesn't really make a big song and dance about things. And I think they go about things in a, in a good professional way. Um, they've made some good signings, haven't they? Some big signings as well over the last decade or so. You know, Greg English is going there next season. So, you know, if you're a Warrington supporter, you probably have quite an exciting time following your club because there always seems to be something happening. And, um, you know, I think that's a good thing. I think they're, they're, they're a good club for the, the sport, really. So, and as we saw in the week, they've got some really good young players coming through. So, I think I think Warrington are a bit of a breath, breath of fresh breath air in the League. Um, not that I want them to be on, on Saturday. I want us to absolutely wallop them on Saturday. But I think it's a good game, Rob. I think there's two really good semi-finals there in prospect. Wigan and Leeds should be a cracker, um, and and Warrington and Salford, you know, two great games.
0: Do, do do you think the result on Tuesday night will have an effect on the game? I, I think it it might because, like I said before, Tuesday was a game we historically that we lose so coming away with a win gives us a boost and obviously them not winning even though it's their they see it as their young Warrington side there's still going to be that little bit of thought in their head that they couldn't see us off on Tuesday so I've got a feeling that it might make a bigger impression than we realise
1: no I disagree with you (laughs) (laughs) No, I, 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 I don't see any of those players on Tuesday night playing on on Saturday. Apart from maybe Danny Walker, the Ucker. So I can't see it making any difference. Um, yeah, confidence wise for Solway, maybe, um, but no, I think I think Warrington are too professional for that. I think they'll be switched on, and I don't think they'll be looking at that game thinking, oh, we owe for one because they beat us on Tuesday. I think they'll be looking to to win that game to get to the cup final as we both will be doing so I I don't read into that I mean yeah maybe maybe I'm wrong but I think it's um, you know semi-finals league form and that goes out the window doesn't it for a semi-final anyway it usually does Um, it's all about who wants it the most on the day you know you need that bit of luck as well don't you Um, you know We've not had that in semi-finals in the past, have we? I mean, what we in 2017, we played Wigan, didn't we? In, in the 90s, we played Sheffield and Saints, and things didn't go our way, did this. So, um, so, I think we drew a bit of luck in a semi-final. Um, but Warrington are a good side. They've got some excellent players. You, you can go right through their team, and they've got match winners, haven't they? In pace, half-back. And I was thinking today... I, about my preview, I don't think I mentioned Gareth Winthrop in it because I was thinking about Ratchford and Blake Austin, um, and I forgot totally forgot about Gareth Winthrop. You know he's in the squad as well. They've got that young guy at fullback, Matty Ashton. I remember watching him play at Mayfield, Rochdale Mayfield, where, where my dad lives a few years ago before he signed for Swindon. And you could see something special about him then, you know, playing amateur rugby league. And he's he's a real success story. He's, he's gone through the, the league, gone to Swinton and then on to Warrington. I think that's great, that. You know, great to see players come from amateur rugby league and just go, you know, go from strength to strength. So he's an exciting player. They've got a good pack as well. And Darryl Clark, Lance Todd Trophy winner last year. They've got all the big names, haven't they? They really have got all the big names. And it's up to us to uh, to come up with a plan to, to combat that.
0: Big, big names bring big pressure, Paul. And yeah, certainly yeah. yeah you know they have got to that challenge cup final a couple of times and I suppose it kind of works in their favor but you know we've got a we've got a team there who are driven by ambition and, and wanting to make a difference and wanting to create history and we talked about building a culture at the club and you know we, and winning a, a challenge cup would be a would be a, a big step in the in in, in the right direction f- for me I'm I'm just I'm just hoping that the boys, you know, continue to to, to put in you know a big performance on a, on on Saturday, because obviously with the Challenge Cup semi final, it's all about pressure. It's all how you deal with that that big pressure moment. But you look at the uh, our grand final appearance last year, and we hung in that game, and we we didn't you know give an inch, did we? And and I think that if we kind of look back at that and and take you know that from that game it's only going to benefit us in this game, I feel. It certainly
1: is, yeah. I mean, you would have thought, all the pressure's going to be in Warrington on Saturday. They're, they're without doubt the white-hot favourites to win this game. You know, you only got to look at the bookmakers, the Warrington are odds on to win the match. But, you know, we've got that hunger and that desire there. And we beat Warrington four times on the spin now. We beat them three times last season. And I right, this game on Tuesday night, where it's a under 21 team, whatever you want to call it. But... You know, we we play well against Warrington. We can raise our game and I have no doubt whatsoever that we can beat Warrington. I think we could beat Warrington comfortably if things come off for us. They're that sort of side that'll that'll come into the game and try and throw the ball around and, you know, miracle plays and, and what have you. And if that doesn't go right for them, you know, they might have a plan B. we, we could we could really uh, capitalise on that. So I'm sure Ian Watson will have a plan for for Warrington. He will do a tactics spot on. Um, but like you said, you know, that, that grand final last season massive game for us and we didn't get overawed in that game so I don't see us getting overawed on, on Saturday as Warrington I really don't um, I, I fancy us I fancy us to win the game I really do
0: What score what score are we talking
1: uh, I think it's going to rain on Saturday isn't it I think it's going to be a bit miserable going to be a bit oh. cooler uh, yeah switch on now you know Everyone's putting their eating back on now. We, we get told that at work it's switch on week this week or last week. I think <laughs> last week's switch on week, so they're like we're on we're on edge now everyone putting their eating back on. But um I don't know, I can, I can see there being points in the game because we can score points to so can Warrington.
0: But like the weather's gonna be a bit dicky, in it? So um Why are you thinking there, Paul? If it's go gonna rain, you does it benefit us more than them? With our, with our big forwards. I don't, I you don't know. know. Spassionnick for Pauly Pauly. You know, big units going down the middle. Um, if it's a bit wet, it might stop Warrington, you know, using the space for Charnley or, or Marmo or Gellin. If it's a bit, you know, wet underfoot and the ball's a bit slippy, they might not want to throw the ball wide and it might work in our favour a bit.
1: Yeah, I can't see us keeping Warrington to, like, single figures because they've got too many good players, unless it's like an absolute quagmire in a pitch. But um, I'm going to go, I said 28-24 last week, and I'm going to go for something similar. Again, I'm going to go 26-22 to Salford.
0: 26-22 Salford? Yeah. Hmm. Right, so, I think There's it's going to be a, an epic well. challenge cut semi-final. Um. I think, in, I think we're going to come out on top because I believe in fairy tales. When when you work hard enough, the fairy tale comes true. So I'm going to go Salford 36, won it in 34.
1: That'd be an epic, wouldn't
0: it? Would be. I think Tui Lola here kind of dance over by the posts with about a minute to go to win it.
1: Well, uh, there's a story behind mine as well.
0: Go on then, what's your story, Paul?
1: Chris Wellham's going to score. Chris oh. Wellham's going to score late on, and he's going to do one of the mad celebrations that he does when he goes absolutely mental. You <laughs> You've know seen it. he did he did want a Wigan, didn't he, in the playoff game when we scored? He was like giving it all that. So I'd love him to score and uh, you know take, get the try that takes us to Wembley because I think he's been great for us and you know he's a, he's a I've got a soft spot for Chris Wellham. He's, he's probably my favourite player. I'm not allowed to have a favourite player. on my <laughs>
0: <laughs> is it is it is it Toby King is opposite centre? I think so, yeah. I think he's on the right. Well Any Because
1: Gelling right? will be on the other side, won't he? So I would have thought they'll have Gelling and um, Mammo. But uh, hang on, that Mammo played on the wing last week, didn't they? Mm. They've got Gelling as well. Who else have they got? Lineham's injured, didn't they? Toby King, Charnley, yeah, yeah, yeah. Charlie and Gelling played together, don't they? So it'll be King and. Um, Who's the other guy we said?
0: Mamo Gellin, Mammol, yeah. King and Charnley. I've got King and yeah. Charlie on one wing here, yeah, but that might not miss it, will be true. I thought
1: anyway. Charnley and Gellin played alongside each other. Not I enough. might
0: be wrong though. We'll wait and see. Well anyway, well I think here's my prediction on that. I think Wellham he'll 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 land off either King or Gellin, depending on who he's he's facing, and then run forty yards to score and then your head will pop off on the in the press box.
1: Oh, God, it'd be great, that. It was (laughs) nerve-wracking this week, you know, waiting for it. I mean, I I need to apologise to the RFL. I think, because I've sent them that many emails over the last six weeks. I'm just mithering them all the time, because they're so difficult to get hold of, because you never know who you're supposed to be emailing. It's been really difficult to get press tickets for games and that. Um, I suppose it's because there's so many people applying for them, but I've badgered and badgered them for the Challenge Cup, and I think they've just sort of said, just give him a ticket to stop him mithering, so... Um, I was I was queuing up. For, I just went for a coffee um, last night. We are now Wednesday um, before the the, the Warrington home game. I thought I was going to have a coffee at the Trafford Centre before the game, and then my phone pinged and I got an email saying you you can go to the semi final on Saturday. So chuff with that, really chuff with that. But um, yeah, I don't I don't know if I can watch that game on the telly. I think it's going to be hard enough being there, but I'd rather be there where I can see what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I'm very lucky, very privileged to be able to go. So uh, I bumped into Steve McCormick last night, and had a little chat with him. And uh, you know, it's, it, it's it's great to be able to go to the match, but I just feel sorry for everyone who can't go. It's it's not good, is it? But we'll have to just keep uh, plodding on, won't we? All, the, all this um, stuffs going on in the background.
0: Yeah, it doesn't. Well, it doesn't really matter as long as we. As long, imagine if we. When you win, because I was thinking about that today. I was thinking, you know. We we all we all love Salford. We all support Salford. And yep. when we got to the grand final, sort of twenty five thousand people turned up and and you know supported the club. And mm-hmm. when you watch it on the telly, you you you'll 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 be able to support kind of Salford how and and embrace the the moment when we when we win how how you feel about being a supporter. So if you're a hardcore supporter who goes week in, week out, you, you'll, you you know, save that moment and you'll watch the game again. And if you've just turned up for a, for the grand final, you'll just, you know, switch the channel and, and think about something else. And, but we'll all share that kind of, that joyous moment together. Of course
1: we will, Robin. And I think I just can't wait till everyone can start going again because I miss seeing people you know at the games and he's a big part of your life isn't it I was talking to James Oscars the other you know, day and he's a good mate of mine and I've missed him i not seen him for ages and you know you take for granted when you see each other at the game and you have a chat and you shake hands and, and this that, and the other. so I've missed it I really haven't I, I can't wait till we, we can start going again and like you said there I understand what you mean there about, about Saturday people we'll, we'll they'll cherish that and let's just hope we can, can get to Wemble because I know it's going to be difficult people not being able to go to the, the final and what have you but I don't think you begrudge the, the team I want the team to do well and, and, and win every game whether I can go or not so we've only ever won this Challenge Cup once and it was 82 years ago so I think we, we're desperate to get there and win something again aren't we and uh, you know this this could, this really could be our time. This now, and I, I had someone comment me on um, on Facebook the other day. I think they were trying to wind me up, I think it was a cast supporter. And he was saying to me, um, Oh, what an achievement it is for Salford if they, if they get to Wembley. They've only beaten two clubs, and um, what sort of an achievement's that? And I thought, If we get to Wembley, will they beaten in Catalan? Warrington, and if we win the cup, we'll have beaten Leeds or Wigan. So to me, that's quite a good achievement. That you've beaten three really good sides to win a trophy. So I'm not having that. So whoever said that, you can go and whistle because I think it'd be amazing if we got to Wembley and won the cup.
0: It would. It would be amazing. I think as well. It'll be you know, the players. I think as well, we'll, will take a lot from it because obviously they're in their own little bubble, aren't they? And you talk about you know how they you know the bond through the season and you know with this the COVID thing, I bet that sort of bonds have grown even more now because they're all in it together, aren't they? And to, to get to a a Challenge Cups you know final uh, and and win would be would be the cherry on top. Yeah, us fans you know we'll we'll dine off it for for years and years to come, even though we won't be in the stadium. But the players who who have got that opportunity to to make history, Paul. Uh, and cement themselves into sulfur Red Devils folklore. That that's 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 a that's a big big opportunity. That and you, you, I'm just hoping that the players rise to this occasion, uh, and 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 deliver on Saturday
1: yeah you're right and I know it's a, it's a real bittersweet moment you can't get away without mentioning that the bit of sweetness of it you know people have dreamed I mean I have you have I mean for 30 years now 30 odd years from being a little kid of going to Wembley watching Salford with my dad and I know my dad has because my dad's never been to Wembley his brother didn't take him in 69 I don't forgive will forgive him for that but he didn't take him so he's never seen Salford at Wembley so it's been a lifetime you know 51 years and you know people have, have dreamed about that and it's going to be difficult if they did get there this season, not being at a goal. But, you know, it is what it is, isn't it? You can't change that. So, um, you know, yeah, let's let's just hope we can and, and win it for the players. As, as I've mentioned a few times, there's, there's players in our squad. I won't name names, but there's players in there who've, who've not won things in their career and have worked, really, worked the socks off all the career. And I think they deserve that that moment to, to get to him. I think players... Deserve their moment, you know, to, to go to a big final and, and, and get a winner's medal. I mean, I was just thinking about Kevin Brown the other day, and I might be wrong here, but Kevin Brown's played like 18 years at top, top flight rugby league. I don't, I'm don't, i not sure sure he's won a major trophy, because um, he played for Witness for years, he played for Huddersfield. I don't think he won anything when he was at Warrington. I might be wrong. I think he's played in a grand final, hasn't he, for him or something like that. But I don't think he's ever won like a Challenge Cup or anything like that. So for someone like him, I think that'd be great. You know, you, you give so many years to the sport, I think you deserve your shot at
0: winning something. The the only thing you can change is the future, and 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 these boys have that opportunity, don't they? To to cement themselves in into Salford Folklore. Law, and I, I wish them, you, you know, all the luck in the world, all the best, and you know, enjoy yourselves.
1: Yeah, and I think on the other side of the coin. If the worst thing happens and we don't win on, on Saturday, the comforting thing with the cup is it comes around next year and there's always another chance to, to, to go for it. And, you know, if we were to win it this season and, and you were we can't go to Wembley and watch it, there's always next season. There's always another season. So the Wembley dream doesn't die, even if we win the cup and we can't go and watch it, it doesn't die. It's there every year. So um, this year would just be a bonus. Winning it. <laughs> winning it this year would just be a bonus for us, wouldn't it? And we'll go there and watch
0: it next year. But well, we're not we're not accepting defeat. Go. it's it's win or bust. <laughs> no <I'm> joking. <laughs> Big thanks for tuning really this fun. week's uh Devil the Detail podcast. Ibero Paxson You can find us on Facebook, Devil the Detail S R D, you can find us on Twitter at D I T D S R D, and you can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, radio contact, and Spotify. Good luck, Salford. Let's get to Wimbledon.